Welcome to episode 25 of the Credit Card BS Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm the UC Berkeley graduate that created and taught the university-sponsored course on credit card rewards. I'm here today with my co-host, Sherwin. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherwin. I'm a Stanford student who's really into the credit cards, points, miles, and travel game. It's a hobby I got into about a year and a half to two years ago. It's just then I've accumulated a bunch of points and gone a lot of cool trips. I'm very happy to be talking today with Sean about uh, some very interesting news in this area. Um, but before we get to that, the reason this podcast is called the Credit Card BS Podcast, as many of you know by now, the initials B and S stand for the schools Sean and I attend respectively, Berkeley and Stanford. But as usual, we've put aside our differences today to talk about credit card rewards. So today's episode is Mileage Scalpers, Expert Flyer Loses Star Alliance Award Availability. Sean, you want to give us some background? Yes. So what is a mileage scalper, mileage broker? So these are organized companies that will essentially grab mass amounts of award seats, particularly refundable award seats, to sell later to people for cash at a massively reduced cost compared to the retail cash price. So if a business class ticket sells for $5,000, you know, these brokers, they'll grab the seats, the award seats, they'll hold them in refundable dummy accounts. And then what they'll do is go to people and say, hey, do you want to buy this business class ticket on these days for $2,500? And the person will go, yeah, that's a great deal. It'd normally be $5,000. So then they will cancel that dummy ticket. And then, you know, knowing, assuming the award availability goes right back in inventory, they'll just grab it again put the proper passenger name on the ticket and then now you've you know they've arbitraged their way into making a very significant profit because they bought the ticket on miles which you know presumably are not worth $2500 cash value and they sold a ticket for $2500 the person buying the ticket got a great deal compared to retail price but you know this is very bad for us because they are now grabbing these massive amounts of award seats they may grab an entire month of award seats on a, on a given route and so this can work in a variety of different ways, depending on the airline, the loyalty program, and the award seat release pattern of that airline. But this is a huge problem, okay? Because there's a lot of fraud going on, and this leaves a huge amount of seats being blocked, and it's hurting the airline's bottom line. And normally, you know, I don't really care if a corporation is losing a lot of profit, but the problem is when this is going on, when these award seats get taken and the airlines start to lose revenue, they may start blocking award seats or making it harder to book. And so Sherwin, what have you heard about this? What is your opinion on this going on? Have you heard about these companies before? Yeah, so my understanding is that, well, first of all, the terms of service of all of these different airlines loyalty programs clearly prohibit this type of behavior of like basically redeeming miles or selling them in a way that's transactional other people in exchange for some kind of money the purpose of these loyalty programs is to reward like actual customers or uh, or credit card users for like your own travel or your own family's travel and you know by because award availability is already very limited i think this is super harmful to you know legitimate users of these loyalty programs and you know um i think it was only a matter of time before that airlines had to do something about this, not only because of their revenue issue, but because this also dissatisfies legitimate customers who are struggling to make use of their points, right? If other people are just buying them up and reselling them. Exactly. And this can be even taken a step further. So this is kind of speculation on my part, but from what I've heard, Japan Airlines 
you know, pretty much very consistently used to release T14 award availability. So 14 days out on, you know, first class, business class, very consistently, very easily. And that's really good for the average consumer because I can kind of reliably know, okay, if this hasn't been taken yet, if there's still seats open for purchase around 14 days, I can grab my seat and I can, you know, kind of count on that. The problem is this creates a very bad opportunity or very, I mean, for the Milo's Skypers, I guess a very good in their eyes opportunity where they were buying up first class tickets cash. And because first class tickets on cash are fully refundable, they would, you know, let's say buy out the whole cabin first class and then 14 days out, cancel them all. And because Japan Airlines consistently released the award availability of any unsold first class ticket at 14 days out, now we got a full cabin of award seats in first class. Let's book them up and scalp them off to people and sell it for a profit. And so because of that behavior, Japan Airlines is not really consistently releasing the T14 award availability anymore, and it's become so much tougher to book. So because of the behavior of the scalpers and brokers, it has made this game worse for all of us. So the airlines have to do something about this. We all agree they need to do something to stop these companies because while it's great for the co- those you know brokerage companies, it's making it harder for all of us. So what they kind of are trying to do now, and it's a very weird decision in my view, is they're trying to go after the award searching tools and trying to get them to stop displaying their award seat inventory. So notably what's happened is Seats.Aero got a cease and desist letter from Air Canada Aeroplan telling them to no longer display the Aeroplan award seats. And Luckily for us, Seeds.Arrow is holding their ground and saying they are not complying with that cease and desist letter because, according to them, it has no legal basis. And But similarly, Expert Flyer, the other very powerful searching tool, which is a owned by the parent company Red Ventures, did also get a cease and desist from I don't know which airline, but they've now basically stopped displaying all Star Alliance availability. And they are no... So Expert Flyer is not fighting this, it seems, on the legal front, while Seeds.Arrow is. And this has become a problem because now Expert Flyer overnight, for me at least, became almost useless because they lost like half of their airlines that they searched. So I immediately unsubscribed from Expert Flyer. Sherwin, do you use either of these tools? And wh- you know, what are your thoughts on airlines going after these searching tools to try to prevent scalpers? And I should say the reason they're doing that is because you know they're viewing it as one. Okay, they're saying it's their private data. They don't. These companies don't have a right to to do web scraping on it. And two that, you know, these scalpers presumably are using these programs to help them and assist them in their operations. Yeah, so I think my first reaction is that even if you believe and understand that web scraping is legal and that the airline's demands are without legal merit, and I'm just saying even if we assume that, so I'm not necessarily taking a position on that, it may still make sense for a service like Expert Flyer not to fight it because of the significant legal costs that would be incurred through protracted litigation or whatnot. So I think a lot of times in the legal system, you know, it's not just about whether you're right or wrong. It's also about, you know, sometimes people make decisions like, oh, even though they know they're legally right, they don't pursue something because um, litigating it would be very costly or doesn't doesn't make sense. But I, I would agree that it's unfortunate that um, you know, expert flyer without Star Alliance award availability really just loses a lot of its value. Because, I mean, Star Alliance is the biggest alliance in the world, um, and that is like primary set of programs that a lot of people focus 
So, you know, I, I agree it's very unfortunate, but I also kind of see like they're kind of stuck in a bind right now. And um, I'm not sure what's going to happen next, to be honest. Yeah, and it's interesting to me that Seats.Arrow, which is an independent company, right? It's just founded by one guy. It's an independent company, is the one choosing to fight this very potentially expensive legal battle. Yet Expert Flyer, which is owned by a huge, I think, multi-billion dollar company, if I'm not correct. I, I know it's a multi-billion dollar industry, but I know Red Ventures is a huge company, and they're the ones choosing not to fight it. Now, maybe that's because, uh, you know, Red Ventures potentially has more to lose in that regard. I don't know, but... What we can do as consumers is if you were affected by this, you know, expert flyer not allowing Star Alliance award availability, I immediately unsubscribed. And what we'd like to do is make this a more costly thing for expert flyer to not fight this legal battle. I'm hoping in a sense they will lose so many consumers from not showing Star Alliance award availability. Because keep in mind, that's like 50% of their entire searching tool. They just cut it in half overnight. And so if enough people unsubscribe because they, you know, are now upset with expert flyer... It could be the case where it would be cheaper for Expert Flyer to try to fight this legal battle and hopefully come out on top. I mean, do you, and, you know, know if argue- like Expert Flyers taking down the Starlines availability as a temporary measure while they figure out this stuff, or is this like a an intentional or like um, an intentional like permanent thing going forward? Yeah, I was reading. I think it was like a tweet or a flyer talk post of someone. I think it was the founder of Expert Flyer, someone high up. And I, I forget exactly what it was, but basically the sound of it was, no, this is not coming back anytime soon. This is not a temporary measure. Don't hold your breath for Star Alliance award data coming back into the, the searching program anytime soon. Yeah. Do you know Expert, if Expert Flyer does like the web script or do they get the underlying data from some database that they have access to or like an API? So officially, I don't think they've published anything about that, but the speculation, at least from OMAT, is that they were using United Airlines' website uh, for web scraping for most of the Star Alliance award availability. And part of that was because, you and like this is also speculation, that for the most Star Alliance on their award searching, they did not display the number of seats open when a seat, you know, when they were open. It would only display, like, you would search the number of passengers you want, and it would say, like, yes, you can book this, these seats are open, or no, it is not. And so that's, like, uh, what United does as well. So I mean, I'm not very confident that that's the full story, though, because a lot of times, from my understanding, Expert Flyer would show things that are not available directly online, like upgrade award space for some airlines. I think we talked about pass on the podcast. So this makes me believe that it's possible they have access to some API that they purchased or some underlying other data source that is now made unavailable to them, like, that so this would just go beyond the legal question of scraping it might be like oh their source was cut off what do you think that might be true but if that was true i'm they could then just go the web scraping route similar to what cs.arrow is doing right mm. so that that is a good point though they i don't know of course like how because it is a very advanced program and they can show a lot of very specific real-time information so in terms of how they're implementing that in the back end i don't know but it seems like something's going on with these airlines not wanting to, sh- to you know, allow these tools to use it. And their argument, of course, is being that this is their, you know, proprietary data, that they're, they're willing to display it to members of their program, but it's not okay to use this for a web scraping pur- purpose. Now, my opinion on these moves in terms of if they're going to work or not 
is I'm just I'm going to flat out say I don't believe they're going to work to stop scalpers because if this this mileage brokering business is so profitable, which it appears to be, these companies will just invest and develop their own tools. The Air one of the Air Canada executives themselves said it's very easy for them to develop a Star Alliance award uh you know uh, aggregator themselves if they wanted to. And of course, you know, they have access to the proprietary data much easier, but these com- it's not that fundamentally you know difficult to to make an award aggregator for something like this if they, if someone really really wanted to so these companies if they're so profitable will just make their own tools and so when they make their own tools and then all the public ones get shut down we're now in a situation where the mileage brokers have all the powerful tools to find these awards and grab them immediately and the consumers don't and we have you know much less powerful tools just you know using the airlines websites directly and so we're now even fighting a worse battle here so what do I think we can do to prevent scalpers and help reduce this that would be effective against the scalpers, but you know, not hurt consumers much? So mainly it would just be restrictions that would mainly apply to scalpers. So one would be, and some programs do this, like a lot of programs do this, but a lot of programs don't do this, where you have like a limited number of nominations for your loyalty account, and those can only be changed every so often, right? So if you own a loyalty account, and you can only redeem for, let's say, three, four other people, and that can only be changed every three, four months, that account will not be very useful to scale for a mileage broker if they're selling, you know, tens, hundreds of tickets a day. So that's like one thing, and that won't affect the average consumer much. It's annoying if you want to book for your whole, you know, friend group or whatever, but that's something that can be done that wouldn't affect the average consumer. Another idea is like cancellation fees. So this is a particular problem with like Air Canada, where they have cancellation fees, but not but they're waived for their top tier elites, super elite. And so the mileage brokers are just using accounts with super elite status to then book awards and then cancel them without any repercussions or fees. Yeah, and I want to quickly Uh, mention um, like the Japan Airlines thing you said earlier, like one of the best ways to book Japan Airlines, as we've talked about, check out episode two, um, is through American Airlines miles. And American has this great policy where you can cancel and change any award without any fee if i recall correctly like you can literally cancel and not incur any penalty i think that's great for consumers but i think there may be a connection between this and the japan airlines um award availability being taken up really quickly i I agree yeah i think that is probably what's going on and i and to be clear here i don't want cancellation fees okay i hate when there's cancellation fees i love american miles because i can just cancel you know freely and not think about it uh but there's going to be ha- there's going to have to be some restriction that we put in place uh, even if it's like you have to be a direct family member or a very limited number of friends that are nominated i think we're we're going to have to do that because you know our options here are either okay we can let these mileage brokers keep getting away with it and taking all the award inventory or we can lose all our award searchers or we're going to implement you know heavy cancellation fees for me the best would just be adding nominations to the account but so what, what is your opinion and what do you think, you know, could be done about this? What do you think that might might be the best move to make here that would be the best for consumers and that would do the most to stop these mileage brokers? Yeah, I mean, I like the nomination list thing, but as long as it's not too burdensome or annoying, I think some programs have really annoying, like, family member policies that require you to jump through a lot of steps. And I don't think that's in anyone's best interest, but some sort of reasonable limitation, I think, would be good. With regard to the cancellation fees, you know, again, as with Sean, I really don't like cancellation fees. One of the reasons I like hotel loyalty programs a lot is because 
they often have very flexible cancellation policies with respect to awards. Um, and I think, you know, I see Americans removing of cancellation fees as a huge improvement. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I think Air Canada, while I like their multi-program, is sometimes hard for me to use just because the cancellation fees are super punitive. I think it's like 150 Canadian dollars. So I think there needs to be balance. I think, you know, if America changed their policies, like you can cancel five awards per year or something, that could be reasonable because the average person might only need to cancel three or four or five a year. Uh, but like it would affect a scalper who's doing hundreds of bookings. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's a good a good like middle ground there where for most people it would be fine. Yeah, it's just a shame that this is you know happening to such a, a lar- large scale. Because I mean, in, in in our Discord server, by the way, check out the Discord server Travel Lane first link in the description. But so one of our members, he was talking like he was sending some screenshots from like the social media accounts of these you know scalpers, and they're very successful. You know, they're saying we booked Jal first, Lufthansa first, all these very nice first class seats, and presumably they're selling it for quite a lot of money relative to the mileage cost. Mm-hmm. And so because they're making so much profit per ticket and their customers are so happy because their customers right, are getting this $10,000, $20,000 ticket for probably like half off or less. So between those, you know, those two interactions, they're very happy. But the problem is for us, it's screwing us over. Yeah, and, I yeah, agree. But I, think, I don't like because uh, I think the whole like point of award travel is because these are such insane deals, the availability is hard or because the availability is hard. These are such insane deals and when you try to decouple those two the supply and demand just goes awry um or awry and then and that yeah they're basically selling people the war tickets without people having to put in the work to research these programs and to find availability and i think that's fundamentally unfair yeah exactly and just as a final kind of note here now neither of us are lawyers of course but in terms of the legal precedent of web scraping you know ignoring all morality aspects and, and who's this is better for is seats.ero allowed to web scrape and is expert flyer allowed to web scrape on these sites you know i i do you know anything of the precedent that has been put in place i mean according to seats.ero of course they're claiming it's completely legal what they're doing and according to you know air canada they're saying it's completely illegal of what they're doing so what does it seem in terms of historically who would be right here yeah, I think this is a tricky question because it's a fairly new area of law that doesn't have super settled precedence. And also it depends on jurisdiction. Like the law of the United States may arrive at a different conclusion than that of Canada, for example. So um, you have to be really careful. I think the most relevant cases to look at are um, first Van Buren versus United States. This is a Supreme Court case from 2021 interpreted the CFAA or the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. And its basic holding was that a person exceeds authorized access and therefore violates the CFAA only if they access certain uh, files um, or parts of a computer that are like off limits to them. So for example, if I, so if I do have the right password to get into something and I'm allowed to have that password, but I use it for an improper purpose, that's not itself a violation of CFAA. I will have had to hack the password or infiltrate the system in some way for it to be a violation of this law. So the Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit um, applied that decision to a recent case. It's called HiQ Labs versus LinkedIn Corp. And although it did not settle the law of web scraping, it said it was unlikely 
um, that it would be a violation of the CFAA uh, for a person to do web scraping and that they were accessing information on Moss that was already publicly available. Uh, the mere um, rapid traversal and accessing of publicly uh, available data itself is likely not a violation of the CFA, according to the Ninth Circuit. Of course, other circuits or jurisdictions could come to different conclusions. And again, this is a very unsettled area of the law. So I would encourage you to do your own research into its conclusions. Nothing here is legal advice. Definitely, yeah. But so in according to the legal precedents or according to what we've seen in the past, it does look like to some degree web scraping is legal. But of course, as you said previously, it's not always about who's right. It's about who has the biggest wallet. And so if yeah. the airlines want to you know, dump these massive legal battles on these smaller companies, they may end up winning regardless of who's right or not. But what we can do as consumers is, you know, we want to, you know, reward the companies that are trying to fight this, like Seeds.Arrow. Uh, I am subscribed to Seeds.Arrow. I think it's a very, very powerful award searching tool. We are not sponsored by them. I hope to one day, maybe, but we're not sponsored by them currently on this episode. But very, you know, very powerful tool. And I do hope that they end up winning the legal battle between them and Air Canada because I don't see them, if they lose, I don't see it really helping us much against the fight, uh, you know, against mileage scalpers at all. So I think the airlines are picking the wrong battle here to fight and they should really just focus on, you know, making certain restrictions in place that would really only affect the mileage scalpers versus the average consumer. But is there anything else you have to add, Sherman? I think that's it for me. Yeah, I think really quickly before we wrap up, um, if these tools continue to be unavailable or become unavailable, what do you think is the best way to find Star Alliance award availability? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I mean, so of course, Seeds Arrow, you can still find, they still have access to the Star Alliance award availability. Another tool I use is Seat Spy. So that one's really cool because for the programs it has, you can display an entire year of award availability at once in one search, even round trip. The biggest limitation I, I find on Seat Spy is it doesn't like have like airline partner programs technically so like if i want to search ana flights on star alliance they don't have ana so like i could search united and sometimes it kind of displays but not really like you're only supposed to search for that airline like metal like their own product and it also only works for direct flights no nothing with connections so that kind of works of course you can just use the star like any kind of star alliance airline website so you can use the united website and do an award search there yeah i don't like it that much but i think that's and that's really going to be some of our only options. Even Cowtool, if you're familiar with Cowtool, it's it was a free program that was extraordinarily powerful for searching for Star Alliance award space. And the founder of that shut it down. And they claim it's not because they of any airline asking them to do it. They claim it was completely their own decision. But it's a shame because that was such a powerful tool. And so now it's become a lot harder to search for these things. I think mainly, though, it's going to be a tool like SeatSpy, Seats.Arrow, or searching on a Star Alliance website. How about for you? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that Cal Tool is no longer available. That was one of my favorite tools because um, it just aggregated data from Air Canada so efficiently. Um, I think United Search, the United websites like Calendar is probably your best bet. You can filter by class. And, you know, it's kind of slow and annoying sometimes, but you can do month by month instead, uh, instead of trying to do like day by day searches in ANA with the round trip setting. Like, good luck with that one. <laughs> So, uh, 
yeah, so I think that's all for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to today's special topic. Um, if you like what you heard, please, please, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel um, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us out. We're getting very close to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Um, very exciting. Um, and Sean, do you want to plug our referrals in our Discord? Yes. So if you want to connect with an elite group of award travelers 100% for free, check out the Travel Lane Discord group at the link in the description. We'll drop deal alerts and other amazing, you know, things to check, take a look at. You'll learn a lot and 100% for free. If you want to help support us directly, the easiest way to do that is to use our credit card affiliate links whenever you choose to apply for a credit card. That is also at the link in the description. Just make sure the sign up offer is competitive, but it is by far the best way to help support us. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and we will see you next week.